Hello, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 339 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are continuing our foray into all things chocolate. This is part two of a two-part episode into the ethical, environmental, and human health implications associated with our love of chocolate. You do not have to listen to part one of this series first. Part one came out on Tuesday, so two days ago, but I would suggest it. On today's show, we are discussing specifically the human health implications associated with chocolate and particularly new research into the prevalence of heavy metals in the chocolate supply. The two metals specifically that have been found in quite alarming amounts in the chocolate supply include cadmium and lead. So cadmium, maybe you've never heard of cadmium before. Cadmium is indeed a heavy metal that is known to cause cancer. It targets the body's main systems, so the respiratory, the cardiovascular, neurological, reproductive, all of them. And cadmium accumulates in the body over time. It doesn't readily leave our bodies. It's hard to flush out. And so we ingest it and it sticks around for the long haul. Lead, you probably have heard of lead before. Lead is also a heavy metal. It is considered toxic at any dose, which means no amount is safe. It's dangerous for humans of all ages, but especially for children and pregnant women. Young children, by definition, have developing brains, and lead alters brain development. It changes the architecture of the brain. It causes learning problems and lower IQs. For pregnant women, exposure to lead at high levels can cause miscarriage, stillbirth, premature birth, low birth weight. And for the rest of us, so for just general adults, not pregnant adults, not young children, lead also causes harm, such as increased risk of high blood pressure, kidney damage. And like cadmium, lead accumulates in our bodies. It's not easily eliminated or flushed out. And much of the lead that we absorb in our bodies gets deposited in our bones where it stays for the long haul for the rest of our lives. And so it behooves all of us to 100% avoid cadmium and lead if possible, yet it's in the chocolate supply. Here to help me break down the research and talk to me about hopefully buying chocolate without these heavy metals, is Jim Rogers. Jim is the Director of Food Safety Research and Testing over at Consumer Reports. He spearheaded the testing that is now making headlines across the nation and perhaps across the world. Jim, I am so excited. Well, perhaps not excited is not the right word. I'm looking forward to talking to you, but I am sad because I know you're going to give me some bad news about What's in my chocolate? How are you? I'm doing fine, and thank you for inviting me to speak to you today. Well, you're so welcome. Today we're talking about your research into chocolate, and specifically your research into the prevalence of heavy metals in the chocolate supply. Do you eat chocolate? Yes. Um, oddly enough that prior to this report, I ate a piece of dark chocolate probably every day. 
But based on some of our results and on some of our advice in our own article, I figured I would take our own advice. And I've cut that down pretty substantially now. So you just gave me the perfect lead in, Jim. Why don't you tell us what did you find through your testing? How did you test? Give me all the details. Okay. So at Consumer Reports, what we do is what we call risk-based testing. So we look at the literature, we look at the information out there, and we determine what foods may be serving the most risk to consumers, both on the microbiological side, because I'm a microbiologist by training, but also on the chemical side. And so one of my staff, a biochemist, Uh, was looking at the literature and suggested, well, we should consider testing dark chocolate for heavy metals. So what we did is we then looked at what are the top selling brands and items of dark chocolate that's out there. We limited our testing to dark chocolate bars only because I do have limited resources being a nonprofit. And we selected 28 bars that were out there that were available to us to purchase at retail. We buy our own products at retail, so we buy what the consumer will buy. And then we tested them. So we tested 28 dark chocolate bars, various manufacturers, Hershey's, Giardelli, Trader Joe's. And we detected heavy metals in every one of those products. However, 23 of the 28 products had enough heavy metals, either of cadmium or lead or both, that just by eating one ounce of chocolate, you would exceed your daily limit for heavy metals, cadmium or lead, just by eating that small amount. Five of those products had very high levels of cadmium and lead, so we'd recommend do not eat those. But then there were also five products that were considered safer. And so of the 28, there are five products that if you got to eat this stuff, we recommend you consider these five products. I'm going to ask you specifically which five (laughs) we should be eating a little bit later, but I'd love to get your thoughts on exactly why cadmium and lead specifically in our dark chocolate is concerning. I don't know much about cadmium as a podcast host, but I do know a decent amount about lead. I know when I was pregnant and living in an apartment that was built in the 1800s, we had to jump through an awful lot of hoops to make sure there was no lead in the walls in case my toddler decided to chew on the walls. I mean, so it's I know it's very dangerous to young children. I know we should be avoiding lead, drastically limiting our exposure. But then here it is in our in our treats and our chocolates. So tell me why exactly cadmium and lead are concerning, why we should be not consuming them, if at all possible. Tell me all of that. So the concern with cadmium is that This is a heavy metal that can be found in the soil where the coca plants are being grown. And this heavy metal, if it is in the soil, as the um, coca plants roots get into the soil, they will actually absorb out the cadmium from the soil. It will distribute itself throughout the plant and then eventually make it into the cocoa seeds. And that way, the seeds, once they're ground and processed, they will retain that cadmium in them. 
Lead is a different story. The research indicates that during the process of the cocoa seeds, the seeds are actually dried and they, they're usually dried outside. Um, and if there are any industrial factories that are using lead, manufacturing lead, recycling batteries, that type of thing, the dust and the soil gets contaminated. And then when the wind blows, it will actually blow that contaminated dust onto the cocoa seeds as they're drying. And so then again, the lead will stick with that seed until it's ground and processed and put into various chocolate products. So those are the two main ways that they think that these two heavy metals get into this product. And so it also gives us a chance to say, well, why not grow coca plants in a place that has less cadmium in the soil? Or why not locate cocoa processing plants away from industrial areas so you don't get the lead contamination? So along with here's a contamination, there are also some mitigation that you can do to prevent this from happening. Well, especially with regard to lead just blowing in the wind and landing on the cocoa plant, <laughs> I mean, that leads me to wonder whether lead is found in other foods that we consume. I know we're talking about chocolate, but I have to ask, in your capacity as director of food safety research and testing, have you found lead in other food items you've tested at Consumer Reports? Well, yeah. So I've been with Consumer Reports about six years. And one of my first uh, projects was testing juices for heavy metals and baby food. And so for both of those projects, we did basically the same thing. We look at market data to see what were the highest selling juices or baby foods and we purchase them and test them for heavy metals. So for the baby food testing, for instance, we looked at snacks, we looked at entrees, we looked at individual fruits and vegetables, applesauce, all that, and we tested all of those for the presence of heavy metals. And we indeed found heavy metals in some of the baby food products that we tested. So yes, uh, We've shown in our testing that heavy metals can be in a lot of different places, and really it's only the consumer being aware and then shopping safely that we can help them reduce the amount of exposure that they have to heavy metals. Hmm. Okay, so I'm feeling a bit concerned as somebody who loves chocolate. Are we only talking about heavy metals as it relates to dark chocolate? Would milk chocolate and white chocolate be out of this conversation? They don't have the metals problem? So it's the cacao concentration and the point of where the cacao was grown, harvested, and the chocolate manufactured that's the issue. And so in our testing, like I mentioned, we only tested dark chocolate bars. There may be other data out there on milk chocolate, but in the story, what we have done is offered dark chocolate lovers, such as myself, some suggestions as to how you can eat this. You did mention the cultivation of cacao being difficult to trace. I have read that it takes 25 tons of it to fill one shipping container, so a company, a large corporation, let's say, may not be able to say exactly where the bean that is in their product comes from because it comes from 
many different places. Do you have anything to say on that? Well, that goes to the question of traceability. And so one could suggest that if companies that make chocolate really want to address this, they will develop systems where they can trace individual lots of the cocoa beans so they know where they have come from. And then if they get them into their company and test them and they have a lot of uh, heavy metals in there, then they could refuse those products. Another thing that can happen is that they can require, and there are some companies that do this now for other products, a certificate of authenticity where before I buy your cocoa beans, you will test them and make sure they're free of heavy metals. Now that puts the onus on the provider. Also, you have to have trust that they're going to test and that the testing is accurate. But that's another way that you can address this if you're a chocolate bar maker, that you insist that the suppliers pre-test the ingredients before I buy it. Well, Jim, I'm really glad you bring that up because it seems to me as though there's a real absence of corporate accountability here. I can't believe (laughs) that companies are knowingly selling uh, stark chocolate with heavy metals in them. That's just... I mean, I'm surprised, but not that surprised, I guess I would say. Is there any push, any interest, any plans down the road for more accountability? Or is it another one of those cases where consumers have to get angry enough before anything changes? (laughs) Well, I think there is. In our reporting, we always talk about what can you do as a consumer? So we have advocated for the consumer to write the companies and say, take heavy metals out of our products. They can write their congresspeople because there are a number of bills that are pending that focus on the removal of heavy metals from foods. Closer to Zero is one of those that was outlined in 2021 by the FDA that would start the process of actually setting health supportive levels of heavy metals and foods and add to that a regulatory framework to actually test and regulate these products. So we advocate to the FDA and we believe that as the regulatory agency that's responsible for this, they should be the ones that are really out front in preventing these products from getting out to consumers. And so in lieu of corporate responsibility or conscious, maybe we're going to have to rely on the federal government yes again, yet again to enforce these regulatory limits on this product. Well, Jim, we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we get back, I'm going to ask you the questions that consumers need to know. What brands should we avoid? What brands should we consider? Does organic even matter in this case? I'm going to ask you all those questions after a quick break from our sponsors. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. 
You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. And we're back. Today I'm speaking with Jim Rogers. He is Director of Food Safety Research and Testing over at Consumer Reports. And today we're talking about new research into the presence of heavy metals, specifically cadmium and lead, in our dark chocolate. Jim, we're at the point in our conversation where, you know, I love chocolate. I do not want to stop eating chocolate. So As a conscious consumer who does not want to be consuming cadmium and lead, what brands should I avoid? Let's start there. What brands that you tested had the highest levels of heavy metals? So I want to refer your listeners to CR.org, where the story actually resides. It's also in the February 2023 issue of the magazine that you can get on the, the newsstands. So of the five that were the most concerning to us, I'm going to have to read it from this list because I've never remember. Um, Lily's Extremely Dark Chocolate, Green and Black's Organic Dark Chocolate, Trader Joe's, The Dark Chocolate Lover's Chocolate Bar, Theo, Organic Pure Dark Chocolate, 70% Cacao, and Theo Organic Extra Pure Dark Chocolate, 85% Cacao. Now, there were five brands that we thought were of those 28 that we tested that were safer choices. That would be the Mast, organic dark chocolate, 80% cacao. Taza, chocolate organic, deliciously dark chocolate, 70% cacao. Giardelli, intense dark chocolate, both 86 and 72% cacao. And then Verona Albanao, dark chocolate, 85% cacao. So those are the safer choices in our study. 
Where does just, you know, a Hershey's come into play? A Hershey's dark chocolate. I know you tested them. They're, in my mind, the number one biggest (laughs) dark chocolate, or just chocolate, I would say, maker. Where do they fall? Well, you would be surprised, in fact, um, that Hershey's overall sells a lot of chocolate. But if you look at these other brands, especially the specialty brands, um, people tend to think dark chocolate is a higher level of chocolate than milk chocolate sometimes. Um, And that's why you see, I think, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, et cetera, getting into the chocolate business because they can sell these bars at a, a slight premium. My recalling of the data for Hershey's is that they kind of fall in the middle of the pack. The other thing is that with the size of Hershey's, you you would also think they could exert more market pressure to get better cacao with fewer heavy metals, too. But that's that's just a thought. That's just a possibility. When we talk about avoiding heavy metals in our dark chocolate, does the term organic matter at all? Not at all. If you look at the results, we did have some of the products such as Thea Organic that were in the group that had the highest amount of heavy metals, both heavy metals. Organic refers to the way that a product is farmed, cultivated, and it usually refers to the use of fertilizers, very specific rules that you can use for that. But it does not require, for instance, the testing of soil for heavy metals. So even if you have organic rice, for instance, you could still have a decent amount of arsenic in that rice because being organic does not require you to make sure there is no arsenic in where you're cultivating the rice. So no, organic may help you on some sides, but not on this one. Yeah, and organic would say nothing about lead just blowing through the air and landing on crops. So besides supporting the safer choices, as you call them in your reporting, what else can consumers do to hopefully protect themselves and their families from these heavy metals? I'm wondering whether you have any tips. And also, I'm wondering, on a personal note, what about supporting the really small artisanal brands that perhaps you didn't test? Do you have any words on that? So a couple of things come to mind on that. Um, In our article, once again, what we suggested is, number one, you don't panic, right? You do have options. And we gave five options, at least uh, in this study, that you consider dark chocolate, if that's what you're going to focus on, a treat that, like myself, stop eating it every day. But it's a treat. It's a reward. It's, you know, something that you eat on occasion but not regularly, that you do your research, become an informed consumer so that you can know going out there using our data and others' data what you should buy and what you should uh, avoid in the dark chocolate aisle when you're going shopping. Consider other sources of chocolate in your diet too. So for instance, do you drink hot cocoa? Do you eat dark chocolate brownies? and consider the entire consumption of chocolate within your entire diet. And also, as we've discussed, there are other sources of heavy metals in your diet too, potentially. So you need to be aware that while there may be low concentrations in this product, it's additive, right? So if you're eating dark chocolate and eating a bunch of rice that has arsenic in it and then eating this the, the heavy metal 
accumulation in your body is additive. Mix milk chocolate with dark chocolate. Alternate because milk chocolate has less cacao. It has a lower potential of having these heavy metals in there. And then make sure that you eat a balanced diet. Don't make chocolate your only dessert or your only reward. Um, fresh fruits and vegetables, etc. Just make sure you have a really good balanced diet and that will help you kind of mitigate the, the effects of this product. And finally, we strongly suggest that pregnant women avoid consuming dark chocolate and young children because the heavy metals that are potentially in these products can affect brain development, affect IQ, etc. And so we really say pregnant women and young children should avoid dark chocolate if at all possible. Yeah, you bring up a really important point there, which is that dark chocolate enjoys a reputation of being, you know, good for you. The flavanols, I believe they're called in dark chocolate are supposed to (laughs) do wonders for us. But I know at the outset of our conversation, you mentioned that you've dramatically decreased your consumption of dark chocolate. And so can I then assume that for you, as a microbiologist, the health concerns associated with the presence of heavy metals then severely diminishes or perhaps even negates the positive health effects associated with the dark chocolates flavanols. I think one way to look at it is, does the positive effects of the flavanols, which includes anti-inflammatory work and increase in blood flow, antioxidants, does that outweigh the possible issues that you'll have, you could have with heavy metals? The way that I look at it is that, well, let me look for alternative sources of flavanols because they are in other other, uh, food sources or possible supplements Um, Having a a much more rounded diet is much, much better than a supplement, in my opinion. But are there other sources of these flavanols, antioxidants, et cetera, so that I can get them from here instead of relying on them from dark chocolate? So that's the way I look at it. Thank you for correcting me. It's flavanol, not flavanol. Thank you for that (laughs) gentle correction. Does Consumer Reports have any plans in the works to test milk chocolate or hot cocoa or take the concerning findings, I'm going to call go ahead and call them concerning, that we're talking about today and doing some deeper follow-up research. Any plans in the works over at Consumer Reports? Uh, we are in discussions as to what will be the next step for us. Ideally, in my mind, this is not confirmed yet, looking at dark chocolate, but also looking at even higher in chocolates because there are other chocolates, as you mentioned, artisanal chocolates, et cetera, that we could not include in this study due to resources. But maybe a second round, we can include those chocolates. We've also had suggestions of chocolate powders, dark chocolate brownie mix. Um, There's just a whole menu out there that we could do repeat testing on to address some of the questions that have come up in response to the study that we've done on dark chocolates. Well, I will absolutely link to Consumer Reports' report with regard to what we've discussed today. But Jim, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I've learned an awful lot, and I so look forward to seeing where you go with this next. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. And thank you for having me too. Listeners, that's a wrap. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 339, where I have linked to Consumer Reports' reporting. Today, we do have an eco tip, and it comes from Kara. Perhaps you listened to recent episode number 33. It was all about the right to repair movement and how to be smarter purchasers of appliances. Well, Kara's eco tip today, which I kind of lost, Kara, I'm really sorry about that, but I found it. Kara suggests that when we replace our appliances, we should all consider the manual or analog options that are on the market. So skip the electronic ones. Skip the ones with the screen and all the fancy bells and whistles, because fancy bells and whistles have more parts And more parts means more things that could potentially break. So when replacing appliances, consider the manual version, consider the analog version, consider the handheld version over electronic. And thank you so much, Kara, for this eco tip. Listeners, I'll see you on Tuesday. You know how to reach out to me. You know where to find me. Come say hello. I will see you on Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend and take care. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.